Welcome to the Overly Human Podcast, where we discuss all things human in the workplace, because it's not just business, it's personal too. So last week, we talked through an introduction of the five languages of appreciation in the workforce. Um, And today, we're going to walk through each of those a little bit deeper and give examples of both, you know, what that would look like and how we've seen that come out. And this is going to be fun. Hey, Tracy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Round two of the five languages of appreciation. I'm excited to talk about this. Talk about how we all feel and receive and prefer to be appreciated. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, a big part of this overall theme that we talk about over and over again about intentionality, right? Like one of the things we talked about last week and, you know, I even, you know, was just thinking about most of the week after we talked was, you know, what does it look like? And do I communicate in a manner of which the person who I'm trying to communicate can receive it, right? Instead of just how I want to receive or how I get appreciated. So I think this is just, it's just a good reminder of all of that over again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what has been interesting to me is, you know, when they talk about primary language and secondary language and the primary language being the way we are most deeply fulfilled and how that tends to remain pretty constant, like personality. It really made me think about, you know, the science kind of behind all of this thinking and the psychology behind all of it. And I really started to ponder, like, even when I started thinking about my own experience or my husband and how I relate to him and then, you know, people that I've worked with over the years and now and realizing, you know, a lot of this is probably rooted in, you know, how we were raised or some of the, you know, issues of our childhood or some of the things we were missing or some of the the ways that we were affirmed or not affirmed growing up. And I do think it's, it's interesting to to realize that everybody has a story. And, you know, we talk about in our podcast, the human nature and the humans that we're dealing with and the complexity of being human and leading humans. And I think this is just another way of thinking about how everybody that we interact with and everybody that we work with is a human. They have a story. They have triggers. They have preferences. They have you know, personalities. And it's a lot to navigate, but it's also super interesting. And I think this is just another way for us to look at each other as opposed to like a means to an end or a commodity or just profitability or productivity to just be looking in each other's eyes and realizing that we're humans existing together, you know, and whether we're trying to create a product or a service or make the world better in our own little way through our own companies, um, we have to pay attention to this if we really, you know, want to be successful and want to, you know, have a positive impact. So to me, it's all fascinating. Of course, I'm a bit of a psychology geek, but but I do think it's a great reminder for us as leaders and how we're looking at each other and experiencing each other on a daily basis. 
Yeah, I think that's, you know, the, the root of all of this is we know that high functioning teams that can deliver results are based on trust and all of the other things. And in order to have that and to have people who are speaking honestly and working well together and all of that is it's about them showing up, giving them the tools they need to show up in a, the right way every day. And part of that's feeling appreciated for the work they're doing. Um, you know, yeah. if their work should be appreciated, they're part of our teams, right? Like, you know, they're, they're contributing members of what we do. So making sure that they understand that they're appreciated is a part of the, is part of the job. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, you know, we do know that it makes business sense. We know that this way of leadership and this awareness is going to engage our employees and engagement and appreciation equals retention. And right now that's the name of the game. You know, as we talked about in the last episode, you know, this couldn't be more timely. We need to figure out and make sure we're paying attention to how on how to create an environment and a culture where people want to stay and engage and dig in and feel purpose and fulfill mission. And so this is a big, big, big piece of that puzzle. The Overly Human Podcast is brought to you by Sparkbox. Sparkbox leads the way toward a better web by partnering with complex organizations to create user-driven web experiences. Learn more at sparkbox.com. All right, let's jump into this. So the five we're going to cover today are words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, tangible gifts, and physical touch. Yes. So let's yes. let's jump into the first one, words of affirmation. Do you got a good definition for how this plays out? Yeah. So the definition is using words to communicate a positive message. And, you know, this is about affirming other people, either using just spoken words in the moment or written words. You know, so you're either, you know, speaking words of affirmation to somebody one-on-one -on -one in front of a group or you're writing them a note or an email or something in Slack where you're also appreciating them. So it's getting those words to the other human, um, affirming them. Now, this book talks a lot about the different dialects within each language. So it, you know, they each thing that you just listed is considered a language that is heard and received. And then there's dialects within that. And there are people who have preferences or respond more to those certain dialects within, not to make it more complicated, but it does make sense, you know. So the dialects within words of affirmation are, there could be praise for accomplishments. There could be affirmation for their personality, like you're recognizing their behaviors or personality traits. There could be affirmation for their character traits. Um, and I think, you know, those three key dialects are interesting because it does give a little variety in how we're using our words and not just one one way, you know. So praise for accomplishment, you're kind of catching someone doing something, a specific task or a job, and you're kind of 
organically giving them praise in that moment or in front of the whole team if they've done something well, like completed a project or something well, you're affirming them, you know, in front of the whole team. The personality is really just the traits like, I really like how organized you are, or you're so detail oriented, or you're very creative, or you had a great idea in the meeting. Thanks for sharing that. You're, you're talking about these kind of innate giftings that they have. And then the character traits are things that are, you know, their humility, their integrity, they're so generous, you know, thank you for being honest, you know, thank you for owing up to your mistakes, affirming their character. So those are just some of the examples that fall into this first bucket. Yeah, this feels like one of the easier ones to do as a mm-hmm. leader. This one's that feels fairly natural um, to me anyway, you know, but it's really easy and it's a, it's easy to get to if someone has this language of appreciation to make them feel appreciated, yeah. right? A quick note, a quick comment, you know, like I've also noticed over my career that somebody who has this uh, language of appreciation, they need it. They need to hear these words often and on a regular mm-hmm. basis. They, 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 while it's also one of the easiest to get to and to affirm that person, it also has the short, one of the shorter impacts. Yeah, I think it probably depends on, again, if this is your language. So I think if this is your language... And you do give that person, you know, these words of affirmation, it can have, it can fill their bucket up more so than somebody, if this is a secondary or their least preferred, it's only going to give them a drop in there. And I think this is, this is probably the leadership trait or skill or tip that is given most often, right? So I think mm-hmm. when people think of appreciation in the workplace, this is the one they think. It's, you know, it's more of a stretch to think of the other ones we're about to talk about, but this is the one that's probably, you know, talked about the most and considered the best way to appreciate. The I think the trick in this one that, you know, you and I have talked about before and I think is worth repeating is that it has to be sincere. It has to be organic. It you know, the, I think people are able to see through and quickly reject insincere or, you know, just I'm, I'm checking this box as a leader because I have to delivery of affirmation. Yeah. yeah I think this is also one of the easier ones to do in a remote world. Yeah. Um, you know, this one can be done over Zoom. Yep. Can be done over email, can work over Slack. You know, it works. It it is in a place where it's the most accessible to us in a busy world where maybe we're not in contact in a physical space with everybody very often at all anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way of, in the remote world, of uh, um, making sure your team feels seen. Mm -hmm. So when you're not in a physical space, it's really hard to feel seen or noticed because you feel like you're working in your bedroom or you're working in your home office. And so words of affirmation are a really easy way to help people feel connected and, and seen and noticed. Um, 
And I think, you know, even if a person, this isn't their language, this isn't, you know, their number one way of being fulfilled, I think it need, it's, it's one of those universal things that needs to happen regardless. Yeah. I do, yeah, I, yeah. I just think if it's your number one, you're just going to want to double down with that person. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely one, a lot of the HR uh, team tools definitely facilitate very easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Anything else to say? No. Second one. Okay is quality time. Now, this is an interesting one in the in the remote world, so I'd love to hear your your uh, thoughts on this. But quality time is giving individual time and attention. It's really about giving someone undivided personal attention. And I think that's the key. I would underline that word several times. That undivided, connected moment. Um, there's dialects, of course, within this one as well, which is quality conversations, shared experiences, small group dialogues, and working in close physical proximity for a project. Yeah. yeah. I think this is one that it it almost you know, it was easy in a non-remote world. We were all in the office together to do this and almost have this be just ever present with people. And as said, had has become something that's had to become very intentional for those people who either need it or you want to continue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, it's a hard one, I think, in a lot of ways, because, you know, even as we sit here and talk and do this podcast, I'm on my computer, there is there, I have to turn off notifications and be really intentional about setting things up to have an undivided conversation even if we're going to record it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that the thing that's interesting about this too, when we talk about remote and coming out of the pandemic, is that, you know, I heard from a lot of clients and leaders that, oh, my extroverted, you know, employees are having the hardest time because, you know, they're not getting filled up by just the contact with and being in the room with other people. But When it comes to quality time as a language of appreciation, this is shows up just as strongly in introverts as it does with extroverts. And again, we're talking about appreciation. So this is a leader showing appreciation or a coworker showing appreciation for another coworker by giving them quality time. And so... I can remember just a few times, you know, when coaching clients during um, the pandemic and just new new clients that were going remote for the first time and saying, well, you need to have a one-on-one conversation with that person. You need to, and they would say, well, I don't really have a reason to call them or I don't have a, you know, and, and I totally got that because they were living in this world of like Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting and they're, you know, working on projects and trying to get things out the door and having their LT meetings and all of that. And so it felt awkward to all of a sudden just email somebody and be like, hey, do you have 10 minutes to catch up or whatever? You know, it felt a little awkward when you weren't used to doing that. Whereas when you're in the office and you run into somebody in the kitchen grabbing something out of the fridge, you can have a very natural conversation or if you want to be super intentional, you can say, hey, do you want to grab coffee this morning? Or, hey, I want to do lunch with you today. And so it's easier 
But that doesn't mean, you know, that we're going to throw out the baby with the bathwater in the remote world. We just have to be more intentional. It might feel awkward at first, but again, we're talking about if these people don't feel appreciated or we're not fulfilling them in the way that they need to be fulfilled, then they might leave our remote world and go find a, a job in an office. But we could accomplish this in a remote world if we're intentional about it. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's one of those things with all of my directs. I've got a weekly one-on-one and there are times where there's not something on the agenda, but we still meet. Mm-hmm. Um, still meet and just it's... It's time that we can just spend together, even if it is over Zoom, um, you know, and if we get done early, great, but I don't like canceling those yeah. because I want that space. I want to have that regularity in conversation so that it gives space for things to come up and it gives that connection point where it's like, no, this is part of the deal. This is part of that that weekly cadence that we do. Um, to make sure that, you know, that that connection is not lost. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. And the way and I, that you also, I, and I'm assuming you probably do this, but when you're meeting with people, especially who have this as their number one language, is that undivided feeling. So uh, logging on and saying, even telling them up front, hey, I've turned off my Slack. I have my my email and um, this time's just for you. If you start the meeting with that, you have already won. And yeah. I, I think, you know, people are like, oh, well, they know because I'm not looking around or whatever. No, they don't know. They don't know that you don't have Slack up and they do not know that you don't have your email screen up in front of your face. And yeah. I think people think they've gotten really good at multitasking and that people should know that they're paying attention and it's okay. I'm really good at multitasking. Oh my gosh, it drives me crazy. And even I have some, you know, coaching clients where I have to say, you're paying for this coaching session and you're not fully engaged, (laughs) you know? And I think that's been the biggest hurdle in this new Zoom environment um, way of working is people not getting the whole undivided attention aspect of it. And they know if you're not though, like, yeah, so early early 2020, I was on a one-on-one and one of the people that I do a weekly one-on-one with was talking and something, something flashed, a notification flashed, my attention went and I, I'll never forget. She looked at me and said, she's like, and now I've, I've, I just lost you. Mm. And I'm like, ah, okay. That was a, like one, I felt bad that my attention had drifted, but at the same time, I was like, you know, I really appreciate it. I, I thanked her. I was like, thank you for calling me out on that. Yeah. I owe you this and this time. This is our time together. Whatever it is can wait yeah. until after we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think some clues, which, you know, in our next um, episode, we can maybe hone in on the clues here for trying to figure out what other people are. But one of the things that I notice about people who have quality time is this priority to, you know, be able to spend time with their family or priority. They're going to be the ones in the meeting that are pushing for a company retreat, especially if you're a remote company. Like, are we going to have a company retreat? Are we going to get together quarterly? Are we, when you hear your teammates saying things like that, more than likely that this is their number one language because they just need that time. So it's just an important little clue to note. 
The Overly Human Podcast is brought to you by Navigate the Journey. Navigate the Journey comes alongside entrepreneurial companies, allowing them to get what they want from their business, their team, and their leaders. Learn more at navigatethejourney.com. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, So the third one is acts of service, and that's pitching in to help get things done. And I think you know, when we talk about the definition is this, is receiving help from their colleagues makes them feel appreciated. Yeah. And that could be, you know, struggling with work tasks. It could be, you know, some kind of help outside of, you know, the office too. Um, you know, there's a couple different dialects for this one as well. You know, making sure you complete your own responsibilities before helping others and you ask before you help and respect that you're doing it their way, right? Like you need to make sure that, you're helping them finish what they think is satisfactory and what they need to get done. Make sure you finish what you start and then get feedback. Um, so I think that this one is also like an, an interesting one to help identify in your team because this is one that gets can get really, really lost, especially in a remote or distributed world. Yeah, I mean... It- Because again, you know, this, that we're talking about collaboration here, we're talking about, you know, um, just kind of showing up for that other person, showing up for that coworker and, you know, kind of supporting them and a way that, that they feel like, um, they don't feel alone. They feel connected. And, you know, this can be a hard one to do remotely. It This is, you know, when we talk about intentionality, this is intentionality because sometimes we don't know what's going on. We don't know where the gaps are. We don't know who needs help. Um, and I think, you know, again, as a leader, this is going to take a little bit of sleuthing, you know, to, to figure out, you know, who appreciates this and, you know, can we provide genuine effort to help and I think that's, again, that, that gen, you know, genuine approach to how we're appreciating the person is key. Yeah. And I think that we need to make sure that we understand the line between sometimes a leader or manager, you know, helping or redirecting other people to help them to get something done. If there's a type timeline or a bottleneck or something else going on that something just has to get done, that probably doesn't count as an act of service. Um, That is, yeah. (laughs) that's, you know, sometimes that's necessary, but then we have to make sure if we're going to do that, especially with somebody who has that language of appreciation that they know it's, hey, this is necessary. This isn't because, you know, what you're, you're, you're failing necessarily or any of that all the time, but it's, this had to get done and we needed to make sure this get done for the bigger goal. And I think in some, you know, with this one, I think the easy thing to remember is, is just saying, Hey, do you need, can I, I'm, you know, I'm at, I finished my tasks. Do you have anything I can help you out with? Um, And I think this one is a little easier to understand and visualize when in the book, the five love languages, when we're talking about marriage or partnership, because you know, like somebody, a spouse showing up and saying, hey, I'm going to clean the kitchen for you. I'm going to load the dishwasher for you. Or let me take, you know, let me let me go run the errand and pick up the dry cleaning instead of you. You just stay home, put your feet up. Now, if your spouse has, you know, has this as a love language and that, qual- you know, this acts of service, they're going to feel so appreciated. Like, oh, 
it's a little harder in work because we all have these responsibilities and we have authority over certain things. And so we can feel vulnerable. But if we've created an environment in the workplace where people feel safe and the teammates trust each other, then when somebody says, hey, can I help you with that? Or do you want me to do that piece of the puzzle for you? And while you work on this other big part of the project and there's safety in that environment, then the person's going to be like, yes, thank you. And they're going to feel that appreciation. They're going to feel that connection. So this is really about having that safe environment culturally on a team. Yeah. Yeah. So up next, number four is tangible gifts. And that's thoughtful, non-monetary gifts. Um, And that can be, you know, examples of, you know, maybe like a gift certificate or a present or a, you know, something that aligns with their interests or tickets to a concert or whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is beyond, you just said, you know, beyond kind of monetary things because most everybody is going to want that paycheck, (laughs) I think, and, and are going to appreciate the bonus or, you know, whatever it is that um, monetarily we set up and how we pay our employees every year or um, quarterly or raises or that type of thing. This is separate from that. This is, you know, kind of that finding the right gift for the person who appreciates this. So yet another language that takes a little bit of extra thought. So it's, you know, I mean, I, you know, I find that, you know, gift giving the best kind of gift giving is when you've put some thought in is when you're not just giving everybody the target gift card or (laughs) giving everybody the tickets to the baseball game when they have zero interest in the baseball game. Right. Um, so this is really knowing the person. And I like that it sort of forces the leader to say, Oh, well, I'm going to have to be a little more curious about this person. I'm going to have to learn a little bit about their life. I'm going to have to see what their likes and dislikes are. And that means that we have to lean in as a leader and knowing our employees or knowing our teammates. And that's what I really, really like about this particular um, language is that it kind of forces us to to have to lean into each other's lives and know each other. Yeah, I, I think that this is a, a really good one. And I think this is one that Sparkbox does pretty well. Um we've kind of set up a system where we have a team, our humans team, like keeps an ear out for those kinds of gifts and makes notes about who likes what throughout the year. Mm. And so that we can make sure that when that time comes up, that, you know, those things can be given in context. The other thing that they do really, really well is make it known to all of the directors and managers and leaders that they will facilitate any of the things getting to people if they find or people identify something in context. So sometimes it'll be, I'll see a conversation in Slack or be having a conversation in Slack with somebody and something will come up and I'll just take a screenshot or send somebody on the humans team a link. And then that item shows up at their house in a couple of days. Um, you know, for example, the other day, uh, one of our designers was showing off, you know, the, a room that they had painted. And their room was, you know, like a peachy color with like kind of like a like a rainbow drawn into the wall and all of that. And it just reminded me of the Rainbow Care Bear. 
And so I actually like posted <laughs> that picture of that rainbow Care Bear into the Slack conversation. And this person reacted and thought it was funny. Like, yeah, I just need to get one of those. So I immediately captured that, sent off to the humans team. And two days later, that showed up at her house. And, you know, it was something small, something, you know, like, like almost silly. Um, what was really funny was, is two different people had sent her one. So she ended up getting two different ones, you know, one from the humans <laughs> team and one outside of the humans team. But like, there's just tons of little examples that I think this gets to really showing people that you're paying attention to the things that yeah. aren't part of the workday, right? That aren't yeah. directly related to the work. Um, yeah. 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 That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So I guess what my point is, is you can set up systems to help facilitate that for your team as well. Yeah. To make it, make it yeah. more, more seamless for those things to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Are you enjoying this episode? Get new episodes sent right to your device by subscribing to the Overly Human podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your support and thanks for listening. Now, back to the show. All right, last one, physical touch. This one's so interesting, right? Um, using encouraging touch in appropriate ways. Um yeah, I mean, they they made a note saying that they had initially excluded this. And I mean, obviously, it's very important in the five love languages and, you know, personal relationships. But in the context of work, it has, it's always been tricky. I just want to point that out. But it's just people are more aware of the trickiest <laughs> trickiness of it nowadays. And it can be, you know, inappropriate in some set in some ways that it's, you know, exhibited. Um, and it can also be culturally sensitive for some yeah. people. So some people culturally don't come from a culture that is physical. Um, but I think the reason they added back in is, is that it is still important to some people. And there are some people, and I, I have definitely worked with some people who are just big teddy bears and, or they love to high five or they love to like, you know, just really are just, you know, kind of, I've, I definitely have worked with a few gentle giants, you know, just, you know, guys who just love to give you a big old bear hug. And I can remember, you know, after the whole, you know, Me Too came out and there was a, just a lot of stories that came out. And by con I'll give you two stories. When I first started out um, in my career, and this is how old I am. We used to have these like, like computer terminals that you would sit at. And um, because we didn't all have a computer back then, Ugh, it just sounds so old saying that. But anyhow, that was the way it was. And I remember sitting at the computer terminal and this guy just kind of coming over and starting to rub my shoulders and sort of like play with my bra strap and sort of talk to me. And I, I remember thinking, this is wildly uncomfortable. You know, like this is inappropriate. What he is doing is wrong. Uh, by contrast, I had the most amazing boss who would always just give me a bear hug when something went great or I closed a big deal or, and he just would say, you know, give me a big hug and say, I'm so proud of you. And that felt amazing. You know, that was just, I felt loved. I felt appreciated. So I had two totally different experiences in the same exact workplace. Yeah. And so 
there there is a way to be appropriate and there is definitely a way to be inappropriate. And I know it's, you know, probably harder for men than women to discuss this topic. But, you know, there are people who this is how they feel appreciation and this is how their buckets are filled. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is a tricky one. Um, you know, I I probably would classify myself as a hugger. You know, I don't mind mm-hmm. a hug, but I'm also pretty respectful of somebody else's, you know, preferences and physical space. Um, and, you know, like this is one of those things that it, it is a real thing. Um, we used to have a pretty robust high-fiving culture when we had an office. And, you know, there was moments that there was people that we worked with and still work with that were like, you know, I prefer not to you know, high five. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, like that's, but it definitely became the norm for a while. And we had to rein that in a little bit and make it not the expectation. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it's pretty easy to figure this out with people. Um, You know, usually there are people you can tell right away that they want to hug or high five or give you a handshake or they'll pat you on the shoulder and you can tell that there are other people who just don't. Yep. They have their arms by their side or they, you know, and I think this is part of emotional intelligence too, is being able to read the room, being able to notice that in people, having your radar up and being respectful. This is all about respect. Yep. And, um, you know, and I think as long as you have your radar on, as long as you're respectful, as long as you, you know, or if you're comfortable and sort of, you know, giving the person who does love physical touch, you know, appropriate response back. And if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're like, I hate it. I hate when people touch me. I hate when people, sh- I don't even like it when people shake my hand. Um, if you're that person, it's perfectly okay to set your boundaries, yep. to say, oh, you know, to to immediately hold up a hand and say, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and for us as leaders to respect that fully and not say things like, oh, come on, just give me a hug or, oh, come on, just high five me. What's the big deal? You need to erase all of that out of your, you know, repertoire and just, you know, respect people where they are. And if it doubt, ask. Like, that's one of the things like yeah. this is in a professional business environment, you know, like ask. And I, yeah. I think that's, you know. I'll never forget, I was at a conference several years ago. We were running a, a career kind of booth, you know, like come work at Sparkbox, taking resumes and whatnot. And, you know, I, there was several um, people that, you know, didn't shake hands. And it was this moment, even something like as simple as just out reaching out and shaking the hands, that was, they were like, no, no. So like, I learned very quickly from doing that, that, you know, let it is a cultural norm, usually in business setting and that kind of thing. But I'm got tried to get really comfortable with them extending their hand first. And if they did, I'd be happy to shake it. But, you know, like letting them set that boundary. Like, you know, I think that's always a safe place to be is, you know, most people who have this as their language of appreciation won't hesitate to initiate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so let exactly. them and you can be the, yeah. you know, then you will, you'll know where they're at pretty quickly. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can decide. And I think that's probably, it's safer today as we record this, it's safer to, to have that approach is to let 
the people who who like and need physical touch of some sort to sort of initiate because not just sort of the the possible inappropriateness or the possible cultural problems. There's also post-pandemic world where some people, you know, have lost loved ones or they have long haul COVID or they have some, you know, um, autoimmune disease or whatever it is, or they're going through chemo and, and we just don't know. And so there's that whole extra added of, you know, some people are just still trying to deal with the world we're living in and re-entering slowly but surely. And we just need to let people re-enter on their own terms. Yep. Any party thoughts, Tracy? I know in the next episode, we'll we'll get a little bit more, well, we're going to definitely talk about our own, what our primary languages are, and then um, probably dig a little bit deeper into each of these as far as, you know, examples and and how we as leaders have shown appreciation in each of these five buckets. So I'm excited for the next episode, but I loved kind of pulling apart and defining each one. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to go a little bit deeper with some fun stories next time. Yeah, that'll be good. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you. The Overly Human Podcast is brought to you by Navigate the Journey and Sparkbox. For more information on this podcast, or to get in touch with Tracy or Rob, go to overlyhuman.com. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and tell your friends to listen. Thanks.